0: Welcome to the World of CONCACAF podcast. This is a special edition uh, reporting to you live from our news desk. This is our 2022 The Year in CONCACAF special edition episode. Uh, I am Eric Schmitz.
1: I'm Jonathan Sleep, And I'm Donald Wine.
0: And if CONCACAF is anything, it's continually ridiculous. It finds new and exciting ways to surprise us and delight us. And 2022 was no exception. And we want to make sure we kind of run down all the nonsense that happened. Um, We did this last year. I think it's a good tradition to keep up. So we're going to kind of go through the year in CONCACAF and uh, recap everything notable that happened, especially the dumb shit. Because that is what this podcast stands for, is the dumb shit that happens in CONCACAF, our beloved confederation. Um, The first thing we want to do is, this is the first time we're truly recording since the passing of grant wall um grant wall passed away on december 9th in qatar uh he was on scene reporting at the world cup like grant wall would do um it turns out he had a health situation that it was a ticking clock you know there was something that was long building up to um and it's a tragic, tragic loss for the soccer community. Um, it's a loss for us. Uh, going back to the start of 2022 in January, Grant Wall joined us on our podcast. Um, he was gracious enough to give us hours of his time to sit here and talk about Concacaf. Um, I mean, our little podcast. He 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 stopped his, he stopped all the things he was doing. He he was very prolific. Um, he had spent years working for Sports Illustrated with Fox Sports. He was contributing in, in numerous sources, but he had a burgeoning newsletter, Grantwall.com. Uh, his podcasts were always must listens. Um, but he sat down with us and he talked about ConcaCaf. He played fucking real team or fake team with us, which is just hmm. absurd. And um I'm just like incredibly grateful for like what he has done for American soccer, because he was the voice. He was the authority for a long time before soccer became what it is today. Um, do you guys want to just share your thoughts on? I Grant? mean,
2: I will say too, like you say, he came on the podcast and like took the time. But I think the other thing too is like, he didn't just, I mean, he, he did he did a solid forty 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 five 40, 45 minutes with us. But I think the other thing too is like, he sat on the phone like he sat on a zoom with us for another like hour hour and a half yeah just bullshit and like and just yeah telling stories grant loved concacaf and this federation um you know m- more than we did and you know appreciated the eccentricities you know he ran for fifa president um and just um yeah like i think probably the biggest thing is like you, you hear you know A lot of people have given their tributes now, but like his lasting legacy is just what a good person and caring human he was and like what he meant, like what he wanted to see, you know, he wanted to see the sport succeed, but he also wanted to see
1: other outlets succeed as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, you I, we talked about that night where we recorded uh, our year interview with him, and then afterwards, it, it it wasn't like he stayed on for an hour and a half out of obligation. He did it because he he genuinely wanted to just chat soccer with us. And the only reason it was an hour and a half is because he had to cut it quote short because he had another meeting that like he was fifteen yeah. minutes late for because he was so busy vibing with us about calf. Yeah, I think um, he
2: told us afterwards, I think he told us like after we recorded, he's like, hey, I got like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, I got like, 10, 15 in...
1: minutes. He blew through a whole meeting and was like, yeah, th- this, they're they're not they don't need me right now. Then all of a sudden he's like, OK, I actually do have to go like that was him, though. And I mean, I I knew him a little bit longer than you guys did. I I mm-hmm. met him uh, through all our travels that we've done and and. As you guys have seen he he was at AO events with us. He was yeah. whenever we hit the road and, and went to other countries, he would come hang out with us because he knew you know he loves soccer and he knew that we love soccer as much as he did. And he wanted to always be involved with that. And the last time I got to really hang out with him was in England for the women's game. Uh, when the US women played England back in October, he, I mean we did a whole like bar crawl uh like all night long. And he hung out with us. He, he vibed with us. We were out till like two in the morning. And then the next day, he ended up going to Richmond and hanging out with with Beard from Ted Lasso. Like he yeah. he did those sort of things. He he went places that we didn't think we could go. And at the end of the day, he came all the way to the other side of the world to hang with us. He went to the Caribbean to hang with us like that was he did a job. And that was in job he did completely Outstandingly, and I'll say this as someone who also works in the college basketball side, he did so much for college basketball too. He yeah. was a big Kansas fan. He, you know, for two decades, the the stories that you saw when you got your Sports Illustrated issue, those cover issues, those were Grant Wall. There wasn't anybody else. He was. What was the column
2: in- that he had? To like, he had that like almost like a newsletter column. It was like a back and forth.
1: I'm trying to remember who the other writer was. Um, I don't remember. But it was, I mean, every I know what you're talking every, about. Yeah. Every issue there'd be like, you know, college basketball, baseball, football, and then like in the corner, they'd be like soccer. But he made sure that there was something soccer-related in every single issue of Sports Illustrated because he knew it was important. And he pushed them to make him do soccer full-time because he knew it would work. The reason why we have this podcast is because someone like him showed that you could do a podcast on just soccer and, and get away with it, right? Like, yeah. in a way, like, we're, we're kind of getting away with it. And and also, again, like, we weren't in, we were, what, six months into this thing, and he was like, hey, I, like, I reached out via DM, and he was like, yo, I'd love to come on. I've wanted to talk with you guys for a long time about CONCACAF. Yeah. I was on his show a couple times, and, and it is, it he's just, it, it was just a sad, sad, like time yeah all the stuff that's happened so far the n- number of times that all of us and people out there have just kind of said damn I wish I'd knew what Gr- what Grant would have said would have yeah. written especially would have written about the, Argent- all this
2: the, the Cup final too like with yeah. you know Grant loving Argentina as much as he did you know having lived there for a little bit like I definitely after like especially after that game like I would have loved to have read um his thoughts, his thoughts on that game.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I go back and I had casually met Grant a f- number of times, mm-hmm. but when we were in El Salvador for the first away World Cup qualifier, we're sitting in the hotel before the game, and Grant walks into the lobby and just starts shooting shit. And he, he Donald, you like, twirl, I was like, hey, I don't know if you know Eric, like we do the Concacaf podcast together. He's like. He knew what you were talking about. He knew our podcast, Mm -hmm. and it's like if you're a listener, we really appreciate you because there aren't quite too many of you. Um, But he knew what was going on, and he appreciated what was going on. And it's like Grant Wall, like the voice of soccer in America, was in tune with what we were doing at that early stage. And then he's like, "Yeah, definitely, I would love to come on and be so gracious with his time." And
2: yeah, that was like in everything. That wasn't everything Grant did. Like I know Ben Wright, who I who's the editor at Broadway Sports Media, he talked about the Canada game in Nashville. Um, Yeah, that was really the first time he had got a chance to meet Grant in person. And like Grant, like had a, a, you know, six, seven minute conversation about like some of the pieces Ben had written in the past. And like and he was like, I had no idea that this guy had read. Anything that I had ever written, but it was in tune with, you know, what was going on. And
1: Yeah, I will also say, you know, going back to the conversation we had with him about a year ago, if you remember, it was a very different time um, that we were in and uh, we were still kind of in the midst of COVID. And I I remember him getting when he got off, he said he had to get off of a meeting that he was late for, but also his wife, uh, Celine Gounder, uh, Dr. Celine Gounder was also on a call and he's like, someone has to kind of look after the dog, right? Like they have to kind of, you know, yeah. we have to we have to balance these responsibilities. And I remember us, we were kind of like, hey, you know, from us to you, like tell your wife that she is doing great things. And he didn't need to be told that because yeah. you could tell how proud he was of the work that she has been doing over the last, especially, over, the, you know, throughout her career, but especially over the last couple of years, being kind of one of the main voices, main Voices that need to be listened to when it comes to the COVID pandemic. And um, I know like she, she joked that she was not in the soccer world, but he very much brought her world into soccer and made it where it was a priority. He did that with a lot of people. He did that with his friends. He did that with people he didn't know. He did that with three guys who were starting a, a, you know, podcast where we're bullshitting over uh, some region because of vibes. Like he did that. And I think that's what's what's, going to be missing for a very long time from this soccer space that we have created is that he's not going to be there to be kind of that that glue guy that guy who is everyone's friend and and i consider him a friend and and i i'm honored by the fact that he considered me a friend and that he would again at the drop of a hat say hey i'll jump on your podcast or hey i'll chat for you for 10 minutes or Hey, can you help me with this thing? I, I need some help, and I think you you have the best perspective. It's it was so it was such an honor to be uh, to have Grant among us, and also just how genuine he was. It was something that you know was across the board. Everyone really appreciated how genuine he was.
0: Yeah, and I mean Grant did so much, not just for American soccer, for women's soccer. Like he was one of the first people to actually like be treating it equal. He was the one that was referring to the world cup is the men's world cup because Mm -hmm. you do need to differentiate that now and he did so much for you know with all the stuff going on in qatar he was very focused on doing coverage towards all of the nonsense going on around this world cup he was the one going after the corruption especially in our region um lgbtq rights like he he was he was a voice for so many people and he really gave empowered a lot of communities, uh, in our game. And the fact that we were privileged the fact that he spent so much of his time talking about CONCACAF. I mean, he was at every U S world cup qualifier. He was the one going to all of those away games. Like he's the one with stories on St. Vincent and going to Antigua and Barbuda. And what country was he held? Did he get held up in Honduras? Honduras Honduras. yeah I mean he's got stories from everything and it's like that's what we're here doing like we're trying to be we're trying to take Grant's lead and really like embrace telling the story of our region and we wouldn't be doing this without him and I'm very grateful that he took the time to come on our podcast and talk about how much he loved covering the things that we're talking about Um, it It'll, whatever, whenever we close up shop And stop doing this thing Which man, I, I don't know if we're ever going to get through all these countries We don't start doing laser focuses more um, But <laughs> Literally one of Probably the number one highlight That we're ever going to have is the fact that Grant Wall Came on our podcast yeah. Absolutely So I know it's been some time But um, Our thoughts are still with dr gounder and his family and his friends and everyone who knew him because he was awesome so in honor of grant we're going to dedicate this to him uh let's talk about some Concacaf calf nonsense <laughs> and that that is 2022 um so let's just start by recognizing our champions of Concacaf. first off um and Grant would appreciate it. We're going to start with the Concacaf Women's Championship, the rebranded Concacaf W Championship. Um, this one, surprisingly, won by the United States of America. You might detect a pattern here in these champions. Uh, the interesting thing about this year is Concacaf W Championship, other than the rebranding, they've kind of tried to make an event. It was held in Mexico, which is always nice when Concacaf. The gorgeous, moves gorgeous around. Monterey. Gorgeous Monterey, mm-hmm. just like the the vibes were immaculate. I, I wish the crowds showed up more for the non-Mexico games. Um, and we talked about why, the, well, the yeah, ticketing we and all that. Yeah. yeah, no, there's definitely some nonsense around that. But it's good not only for the U.S. to go play somewhere else in CONCACAF, but just for CONCACAF to like, I mean, Mexico theoretically got a little bit of a bump from playing at home. In the end, they did not get said bump. They ended up finishing dead last in their group. They got bumped out. Yeah, they got bumped out. Uh, but the U.S. wins the final, one nothing on an Alex Morgan penalty over Canada. Uh, you hate to see it. Sorry, Canada. Finished in second place. Um, Alex Morgan winning the golden ball. Um, Canada winning fair play award, which makes sense. You know, they're so nice. <laughs> They get that fair play award, but the key thing about this tournament is it was a dual con qualification tournament. So it qualified teams not only for the women's world cup in 2023, but also the summer Olympics and the future CONCACAF W gold cup. Um, So heading to the world cup out of this tournament, the United States, Costa Rica, Canada, and Jamaica. Those are the ones that get automatic bids. Two other teams qualified for the inter confederation playoffs. Um, but also the United States also qualifying for the Summer Olympics by winning the tournament. Uh, there will be a playoff for the second CONCAF spot. Um, after this tournament, guys, do you have any thoughts on the CONCAF tournament for your memories of it?
1: I mean, not, not really that we haven't covered already. Also, a reminder that uh, Haiti uh, is a Haiti and Jamaica? are in the um are in the playing game or the playoff for the world cup it's Haiti at least um yeah let me double check that we are you know
0: we're we're doing it live here yeah um it is Jamaica and Canada are in the Olympic playoff the interconfederation playoffs for the women's world cup it is Haiti and Panama representing Haiti America. and Panama thank you and those are taking place in February 2023 Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll get more uh, details on that then. So that was the senior championship. Lots of other women's tournaments. The U-20 Women's Championship took place. That was won by the United States of America. Uh, the U-17 Women's Championship took place. That was won by the United States of America. The U-15 Girls' Championship took place, and that was won by the United States of America. Guys, do you see any connection between all of these women's tournaments and CONCACAF?
1: Uh, They're the same person. <laughs> yeah,
2: you know, yeah, yeah, same person.
0: Yeah, same person. It's like the whole family, you know,
2: like the it's it's, sisters, it's the Spider-Man sisters. meme.
0: Yeah. Um, but on the women's side, we had all those championships. No real international championships for the men outside of the 2022 Concacaf U20 Championship
2: and the that- World Cup. But
0: oh, well, yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. I'm talking about inside <laughs> Concacaf um the u20 championship i'm talking just tournaments yeah the u20 championship won by surprise the united states of america huge win over the dominican republic in the final 6-0 scoreline the key thing here is the dominican republic is in the final so the dominican republic qualifying for the u20 uh not only for the u20 world cup in 2023 along with honduras and guatemala the Dominican Republic qualified for the Summer Olympics for the first time ever so huge momentous occasion for the Dominican Republic program
1: and the U.S qualified on the men's side for the Olympics for the first time since 2008 normally a U23 pro, uh, a U23 tournament they gave qualification to the U-20s and for the US it actually you know that was that was the 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 lucky charm because the u-23s had not gotten it done since 2008. And finally, the U-20s are the ones that send them to Paris.
0: Yeah. See, United States making their 14th Summer Olympics appearance in 2023. Dominican Republic making their first. So congrats to the Dominican Republic there. On the club side, we had our big men's club tournaments. First, the Champions League. Big story in the CONCAP Champions League. The Seattle Sounders winning the title. Uh, Long time coming. For an MLS team to win, uh, Seattle getting the victory over uh Pumas in the final. Um, it's a two leg final, they up winning 5 2 on aggregate. Um, is this a huge moment for Major League Soccer winning this
2: in this current iteration? Yes, I, I think it is worth mentioning that. Um, a lot of people are saying, Oh, it's the first time that the US has won. Our an MLS team has won the CONCACAF Champions League. That is not true. It's the first time under this iteration, um, which Donald's DC United had won a previous iteration. <laughs> He's shaking his head. You, you didn't see the, the you thumbs damn skippy did. Yeah. Um, but LA Galaxy won one two. Yeah. 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 But uh, I I think it is worth mentioning that like, you know, we we did see, you know, of this iteration that's something that has been Tried to attempt multiple times, um, you know. We've I and mean, we even got close to an All MLS final. Um had, you know, but I, it was still. I think it's really big for the for the league and for you know just in this country. Um, I think it just has a whole for a non Mexican team to win it. I think it's like I think that's even the even bigger story is like it's someone not that's not Mexico.
1: Yeah, and I mean, if you think about it. When you look back at all of this, right? Like you just mentioned, all of the the tournaments that the U.S. won on the international level, it, Leagues Cup has been won by the United States. The Concacaf Champions League won by the United States. Um, you know, even the like little Campione's Cups that they do between uh, MLS and League MX Leagues have Cup. been recently won by the United. Le- no, not Leagues Cup. The the Campione's Cup, the one oh, where yeah, the, yeah. the winner of each that was won by the United States the all-star game was MLS versus league MX all-stars that was won by the United States. So the United States has been on a little run here. That's unprecedented. Literally uh, with the exception of CONCACAF league, which I know you're going to get to every single tournament has been won by a team from the United States in the region. And I think that we even go back to the gold cup and nations league. uh, A lot of them being won by teams from Mexico I think is a big boom for the United States, and I think we even discussed whether that's good for CONCACAF. The answer is, hell yeah, it's good for the CONCACAF to have non-Mexico teams win it, but also to have a, a program from top to bottom dominate a region. It just shows the quality that has improved here in the United States and also across CONCACAF because it wasn't easy for these United States teams to win. It wasn't like they had cakewalks. A lot of these teams had to struggle against upstarters like Canada or, or, again, like you mentioned, the Dominican Republic and in Haiti and Jamaica. There's a lot of teams out there that have been doing pretty well. That's only going to help the region grow. Sure.
0: Um, but you briefly mentioned, I think, the main course of this whole list of champions. Uh, CONCACAF League, the final edition of the beloved CONCACAF League, CD Olympia, if there was ever a team that deserved – to go off as all-time CONCACAF League champions. It's going to be CD Olympia. Of course, CD Olympia had been excommunicated from the previous edition of the tournament over the whole Ronnie Brunswick thing. They come back, the first champions of CONCACAF League and the final champions of CONCACAF League. As CD Olympia wins, beating Alahualense in the final in two legs, actually a dramatic final, um, really intense gameplay. And uh, winning 5-4 on aggregate, thanks to, um, yeah, getting a 2-2 result uh, away in the final match. So Olympia wins the final CONCACAF league and retains that title in perpetuity. So the Honduran squad is the only non-American team to win a CONCACAF title in uh, 2022. So those were like the tournaments we had. other things going on there's there's a world cup so in the start of 2022 we had the conclusion of world cup qualification uh canada ended up finishing first on the table and declaring themselves champions of concacaf for some reason even though that's definitely not how this works um they finished first mexico finished second and qualified for the world cup yet again and u.s finished third and then costa rica qualified for the world cup as well after finishing fourth and going to the playoff and getting a victory there uh we had two windows of three matches in january february and then march of 2022 what are your favorite like like what do you take most out of like how qualification ended what do you think was a big moment
1: I think from the CONCACAF standpoint, I think it's great for the region that they had so many spaces in doubt on the last day. Mm-hmm. You know, like on the, on the final match day. I mean, the United States qualified on the final match day. Mexico had to qualify on the final match day. Uh, Costa Rica, I believe, had to uh, at least qualify fourth uh, yeah. with the win over the United States on the final match day. So there's a lot of, uh, it, it, it if you think about it, like a lot of people, when you look at like, EPL or, or even MLS you, you have decision day where you want a lot of games to have some action and something for rooting interest for neutral fans to watch. And they had that. So people who uh, were interested in these games, they had a lot of games where the scores would have affected standing. So I think that was good. And, and I mean, I will say it is good to have, you know, Canada back into the top full of, of the region, because it's something that's been missing for a long time. And for the United States and for Mexico, they want that third rival. That's their North American uh, neighbors to the North. Um, but I do think it it was interesting. I think uh, we've talked about this a bunch. I think Jamaica really was the loser here. Because, because of COVID, they weren't able to get a lot of their players. But if they were, I think they're going to the World Cup other than one of these teams. Jonathan yeah. what about you
2: i mean i i think for me the the lasting impression of of the uh of this world cup hit, or this of this of 2022 world cup qualification is um that f- match against the us mexico in estadio azteca um for what will probably be or is the last time we'll see a, a world cup qualifier between these two teams um maybe ever um but at least for the next five years five six years so i mean i think seeing those two teams go at it uh in such a storied place is probably like my highlight of those like last six matches um of the world of world cup qualifying
0: yeah so canada finishes first claims that they're champions of concaf even though that's not how any of this works um shout out to They've Co-
2: updated their Twitter too. I actually just looked. They yeah. claim a men's championship in 2020. What? Um <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't understand it. Um Did, but yeah, did they, no, win, they
0: did they win the first round of qualifying? Is that what they were what they were
2: talking about? I'm guessing. Yeah, men CONCACAF champs 1985-2020. That's weird.
0: Fucking Canada. Get your shit together.
2: <laughs> um, but I do want to shout out Canada's
0: Kyle Lairn, who did finish first in um goal scoring. He won the golden boot of the octagonal. Um
1: probably the last time we'll see an octagonal like this. Uh just because of the I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go so far because of the expansion uh to forty eight teams in the World Cup. The uh, the region is going from three and a half to I wanna say eight are are they're getting they're getting six yeah and then two more teams will go to the big new world cup playoffs. so if you think about it the united states mexico and canada aren't going to need to qualify in 2026 so that leaves five spots to be determined whether they be automatic or the two that go to the playoff i don't think you do that through uh a hexagonal they don't yeah. say hey. Five out of six are going, and I don't think they're going to split up in the groups. They may do another octagonal. It might it, at least it, do it, a, It's a format that's on tape. Hex. I mean, yeah, possibly. I, the, possibly. I could.
0: I could see them breaking up because remember, because of COVID, we had these three match windows. I don't think they're ever going to do that again because I think there was yeah. too, there's too many complications of having three matches in a single international break and. Because we're not living in the same scenario we were when they had to set up the schedule. I don't know if they would ever try to do that again.
1: Well, the um, three, I, I think you could still have a hex without having or I'm sorry, an octagonal without doing the three match windows. I think you can still do it with two match windows because if you think about it, you know, other regions have, you know, multiple groups, or like in the case of Comedy Bowl, it's just one big table and they yeah. still do two, you know, two matches per window.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think the only thing is like I think that CONCACAF Cafe is gonna want to have more teams involved later. They yeah. they've they've talked about that multiple times. And I think the only reason that was even a even different this I mean it wasn't that this time was the fact that COVID um and a compressed schedule like really kind of um threw a lot of wrenches and a lot of people's plans, but
0: yeah, for sure. But that was the end of qualifying. But that was qualifying for the World Cup. We had the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar. Um, Donald and I both attended. It was a shit show. We'll talk more about that later. But CONCACAF did not have the best showing. Just running through the groups. The U.S. was the only one, the only one that made it out of the group stage. Uh, they finished second in Group B. Uh, Mexico finished third in Group C. Costa Rica finished fourth last in group E and then Canada making their return to the world cup for the first time since 1986, they finished last in group F not winning a game. I do want to shout out
2: first in the final standings.
0: Yeah. So not only did Canada finish 31st in the final standings, just ahead of Qatar who finished 32nd. Love to see it. Um, I do want to point out, I was looking doing research for this in FIFA World Cup records and statistics. uh, Of the 80 nations that have made a World Cup in the history of the World Cup, Canada is 77th out of 80. They are zero wins, six draws, minus 10 goal difference. They're only ahead of Haiti, the DR Congo, and El Salvador as the worst teams to ever perform in a World Cup. So way to go, Canada. Good to have you back. Uh, mm. As I said, the U.S. advanced out of the group stage. They faced the Netherlands in the round of 16, where they fell 3-1. to one. Nothing else interesting happened um, with that national team uh, in the World Cup. So that's the results of the year. We're going to take a quick break. Let's just reset. We s- talked about what ha- what happened as far as, like, who won stuff. Let's talk about the bullshit after this. So we'll take a break. We're back gentlemen i think it's it's time we did this last year this might be might be the most important thing we do in this year in review episode it's time for us to give out the ronnie brunswick memorial Concacaf man of the year award now as you know legend of the podcast legend of Concacaf, ronnie brunswick the vice president of Suriname, who decided yo i'm gonna start for the uh intermongo Tapo's 2021 uh Cockcaf League match. Dude rolling out 61 years of age uh into the starting eleven. Ronnie Brunswick handing out cash after we, the game.
1: Can we get an intermongo Tapo jersey set, please? Uh intermongo intermongo. Ronnie, like, Ronnie hit us up. Ronnie, hit us up. You um, you given giving out cash. We're not even asking for cash. We're just asking for I'm a 2X. He's like the <laughs> extra medium. He's an XL. <laughs> at yeah. calf,
0: just yeah just yeah put in the mail at pocket calf done um but the man of the year award goes to the most cock calf person of the year and roddy brunswick obviously ran away with it in 2021 but in 2022 we have to decide who who is the most cock calf person of 2022 jonathan do you have anyone in mind i
2: do have someone Um, You're gonna notice a theme throughout you earlier in the podcast, throughout the rest of it, um, and that is gonna be shit talking Canada. (laughs) Um, uh, We do it, we do it well. uh, All after, I mean, you talked a lot of shit uh, for a country that hadn't been to a World Cup since 1986, Um, and you know one of the things that Concacaf has been known for in the past is good goalkeeping. Kayler Navas, Casey Keller. Uh, Brad Friedel, uh, Matt Turner, Tim Howard. I'd even uh, say Memo Ochoa, you know. Memo Ochoa, Andre Blake. Um, But you know who's not in that list? (laughs) Milan Borjan, the sweatpants-wearing joke of a goalkeeper for the Canadian men's national team. Uh, and for those that maybe didn't watch, uh, the Canadian, uh, games, uh, I challenge you to go back and and watch and I would say probably 90% of the goals that Canada concedes, you will find yourself going, what the fuck was Bourgeon doing there? Like (laughs) he's not looking at the goal, he's flapping at the ball and giving it away, um, and for a guy that like thinks of himself as this elite goalkeeper uh and, and talks a lot of shit himself, um seeing him uh easily be the worst player, I, I, I don't think it is a stretch to say he was the worst player at the World Cup, um, just warms my heart. Uh and um so for that I give uh Milan Bourjon the Ronnie Brunswick. Uh, man, Concacaf Man of the Year for 2023. Or Listen, 2022,
0: we I we think. We're, we're we're I mean, this is just a nomination process. We're we're talking about the nominees, and we're gonna oh. award it. Um, Borjan worthy 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 nominee. I think he did ball out in the draw in the win over the U.S. in January. Um, that dumb, that dumb bullshit game in Hamilton. But I think that yes he earned it i think the ward also should stay in canada but i'm gonna bring up a different candidate and my candidate is the man who led the way and that's john herdman now john herdman had a wonderful qualification cycle he led canada to the top of the table their first world cup since 1986 and then he goes to the world cup off of this great performance you know expectations sky high. Everyone is excited. And Canada lays a fucking egg in Qatar. No goals. They scored two goals in the tournament. One of them they didn't even score. Alfonso Davies got one, and then they got an own goal.
1: Shout out Morocco.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And then he goes before their game against Croatia, goes and starts talking shit about beating Croatia, he he said F Croatia and it got in the papers. And funny enough, Croatia beat their ass <laughs> in that game. And it's like, dude chats shit and gets slapped. And I think getting having so much progress and yet still looking like the asshole, I think John Herdman is my nominee for the Ronnie Brunswick Conc man of the year. So
1: I love absolutely love the John Herdman pick. I absolutely love the Milan Borjan pick. And I'm gonna tell you guys, I have no idea who, who to who to choose on this. Like there are pros for both. There are no cons for either. <laughs> <laughs> They're both Worthy. So I, I can't pick this. I, I know my vote is the one hanging in the ballot So I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to have to flip a coin. In fact, mm-hmm. I'm looking around here. I don't have a coin, but I do have Siri. So what's going to happen is, is uh I'm going to assign uh, heads to John Herdman and tails to Milan Borjan. And I'm going to ask Siri what's going to happen. Oh, God. You guys can listen in. Hey Siri.
2: Hmm?
1: Flip a coin. It's heads. Heads.
0: It's John heads. Herdman. John Herdman is our Ronnie Brunswick Memorial Concaf Man of the Year for 2022. Congrats to John. Uh it's been a long rise from being the Canadian women's coach to being the Canadian men's coach to winning this prestigious award. So shout out John Herdman, shout out Canada for being
2: you think they'll put this terrible. in their Twitter bio. Yeah, <laughs> they got they gotta fit that in.
0: <laughs> the Podka Calf, Ronnie Brunswick Memorial, Concacaf Man of the Year Award. I mean, that, that goes on his resume for whenever he moves on. Um, you'll get any job in the world now for anyone that's looking for bullshit. But if he doesn't add this to his LinkedIn profile, I'm gonna be upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get that update, John. Um there's a lot of other dumb shit that happened. John Herdman did some dumb shit. Borjohn did some dumb shit. But throughout CONCACAF, we had a lot of nonsense. So let's talk about that. Uh first, just kind of going sort of chronologically. Cold weather games. This year, I think we saw something that we saw a little bit in 2022, but possibly the dumber, that it, the dumbest that could possibly be. So in January, World Cup qualifying, Canada was like, yo, we're playing the United States. Let's put the game in Hamilton, Ontario. And everyone's like, why the fuck would anyone go to Hamilton, Ontario? But they played the <laughs> game there. So the U.S., Greg Berhalter, galaxy brain thinking. They're like, you know what? We really got to prepare for the cold weather. We got to, you know, make travel easy. We're going to play our two home games in Columbus, Ohio, and fucking St. Paul, Minnesota, in January and February. I don't know if you know anything about the U.S. climate, but it's a fucking dumb thing to do, because it is cold as shit. Donald, you were at these games.
1: Mm -hmm. How miserable was it? So um, the coldest game that I've ever been to. Ever. And I've been to, uh, for the US, I've been to over 150 between the men and women. The coldest game I ever went to was the game in Columbus, Ohio. Until (laughs) I went to the game in Hamilton, Ontario. Then that was the coldest game that I'd ever been to. Until I went to the game in in St. Paul, Minnesota. And not only was that game the coldest game that I have ever been to, that was the coldest game that anyone has ever been to because it was the coldest game in the history of the Western Hemisphere. The, I think the only game on planet Earth that has been colder, an official FIFA-friendly or, or match or whatever, I think the only one that's ever been colder was one in like Vladivostok, Russia or something like that, somewhere in Siberia. People but got this... subbed out
2: because they had hypothermia. Like, like, let's just remember, like, people were in, like, were so cold. It was so cold there that they had to sub people off at halftime. Remember the conspiracy the whole, theory? There was a the the whole, conspiracy, whole theory. conspiracy theory that uh, Matt Turner had gotten frostbite on his foot, for those that on don't remember.
1: Foot. Yes, that he had black foot, like, like Mr. Deeds. Like, <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that was how theory. cold this game was. Go, like, there was, it was so cold that ice formed when you threw beer in the air and when beer floated it, it you threw it in the air it floated like like snow flurries and if it landed on your jacket and it froze it became cotton and then when you picked that cotton off it became a hole in your jacket because it looked it was basically like dry ice attached to a jacket. That's how cold this thing was it was so cold that the Honduras team was in in Houston and one of our buddies Max Was on the flight with them, and they were group like three or four, and they waited till group nine. And at group nine, they said, "Hell, last call! If you're going to Minneapolis, now's the time." And that's when the whole team was like, "For real, we got to go up here. We got all right. I guess we're getting on the plane." And they were not happy. This was, this was a fun game that should never happen again.
0: i think there's a lot of the concaf things you could say this was fun let's never do it again never never do it again so yeah a lot of dumb stuff we're gonna stay in canada with the next thing i want to talk about so uh the dumbest goal ever well the dumbest goal it's honestly the concaf goal of the year i don't know if you guys remember atiba hutchinson's worldly in uh san salvador World Cup qualifying in February. We're posting the video on our Twitter. If you haven't seen it already, you'll see it again. You're going to be like, oh, I remember this shit. It was ugly, absolutely ugly. Like, it just goes off them and up in the air and in. World Cup qualifying, that gets them three points in El Salvador. A massive result for Canada on their way to, you know, advancing to the World Cup. So shout-out Atiba Hutchinson. I swear we'll talk stop talking about Canada at some point here. Um, other dumb stuff that happened. So the U.S. beat Panama in the 2nd last qualifier in March, which got them close to clinching a World Cup ber- berth, did not clinch them a World Cup berth. Fucking people handed the players a qualified banner to go out and say, thank you, fans. <laughs> Motherfuckers! Someone is like, "Wait a minute, we're not actually qualified yet." So like, there's pictures of the guys holding up the banner, and the players looking at it like, "Yo, this is wrong," and someone's snatching it up. Very Concacafy to
1: not understand how standings work. That was that was a fun. That was one of those things where everybody was like, "Oh no, don't we can't we can't we can't be a bad beat on I mean, Sports Center.
0: That that is the night that we. Coined our catchphrase Comcast is a vibes based economy Because mm-hmm. after the game we were speaking As if I was convinced We were going to miss the World Cup over that Like we Fucked up and The vibes were going to be all wrong And we were going to lose 6 nothing in that last game Because we put that stupid banner up And we tempted fate We survived Great to see um, On the dark side Uh we had the in Liga mx we had the riot in carataro um and our mexico episode that we had where we were joined by um john arnold we did talk about that it appeared many people died in this i don't know if we ever got true information there a lot of people just didn't see nothing and um that was in march a lot of fallout from that very dark day for Concacaf. calf um yeah. I will
1: say the um, the Football America's episode that uh, Hurt Gomez and Sebastian Salazar did on the Carreto riot was phenomenal. Um, in the sense that they detailed what happened, what they knew, what what they saw. Like because I mean the videos are telling one thing, police were saying quite a different, and some of the intricacies of why that was occurring. I think they did a you know they're always great, but I think they did a phenomenal job with that particular. Uh, dark moment and trying to bring shed light on why it came to that and why that happened and, and how they can prevent something like that from happening again. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, hopefully it never does. On uh, CONCACAF Champions League, other dumb stuff, AS Cavalry had to drop out of the CONCACAF Champions League because they didn't, couldn't do visas. The Haitian squad was not able to travel to their away games Against New England Revolution, so they're like, "Yeah, we ain't going." So New England got to advance. Also very dumb. Um, but in like the most important dumbness that we have in Concacaf, we have the return of Nations League, and boy, it did not disappoint that June window.
2: No, it did not. It did not disappoint.
0: (laughs) So, just just to run through some of the dumb shit that happened, we covered a lot of this already. On the podcast. So our CONCACAF Nations League recap from the June window. its You can still find it. We talk more in depth about it. Um, the lights went out in the middle of the game between Trinidad and Tobago and Nicaragua. It uh, just went out in the middle of the game. Very CONCACAF-y. Um, Honduras, yeah. <laughs> Honduras beat Canada in San Pedro Sula. The game was played in effectively a lake. Uh, I've never seen so much water on the ground in my life. Um, Until I'd seen
2: so much mud.
0: Yes. <laughs> mm. Oddly enough, in that in, very shortly after, the U.S.
1: Same, played El- same storm. Yeah, same
0: <laughs> yeah. storm in El Salvador. The U.S. ended up stealing a 1 1 draw with El Salvador at Stadio Cuscatlan. And yeah, it was a mud pit. Like the pictures of Eunice Musa just like cake, like he was like he was like wearing tan. It looked like he was wearing khakis from all the mud. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah uh, and, I mean, you, you basically could like my doctors s- <laughs> and you could see the field was basically a heat map. And like, yeah, you, know, yeah, you yeah. see it like sometimes like you see it like a game's like snow games where you can see where everyone's been. Uh However, this was just mud uh, and it was uh, the I think the other crazy thing, too, is like to remember before the game. So the Estadio Cuscatlan had had a concert there like yeah. like a night or two before, two nights before. Uh, and so when the U.S. went and played or like practice on it for the walkthrough the night before, they were literally pulling out like long pieces of metal out of the grass. I mean, it was
1: it was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. That like
0: that's why we do what we do is for that shit. Um, Also, in that Nations League window, Montserrat had to cancel a match away to Bermuda. Um, Jamaica almost they threw like they revolted. They demanded their general secretary of the federation resign because they were so pissed about travel arrangements coming back from Suriname. Also, travel related. Honduras got stranded in Miami, traveling back from Curaçao. They almost had to cancel the game in San Pedro Sula because Honduras could not get to get home. Uh, the game ended up getting played. They ended up losing, surprisingly. Um, and I think my personal highlight, Nicaragua beat Bahamas 4-0. Bahamas only had 14 players on the roster for that match, and they subbed in their backup goalkeeper as a forward, as like a field player. In that match.
1: It's just like the magic of Nations League. You cannot it cannot be defeated. Well, they knew how important it was and they knew they had to they had to do everything to get the result. And sometimes you have to throw in your backup goalkeeper. Yeah. Did not work out for Bahamas.
0: Um one other thing, I guess we gotta go back to Canada. In that June window, so a lot of the teams that had qualified for the World Cup tried to get like prep friendlies together. Canada, for some reason, decided, you know what? Let's schedule Iran, you know, in Canada. I don't know if you've got any following of, like, geopolitics or something like that. Probably not a good idea to invite the Iranian national team to Canada. There's a lot of blowback about it. So Canada canceled that friendly and scrambled and was able to find Panama. They flew Panama up to Vancouver to play a friendly on, like, three days' notice. Panama shows up. And Canada's players strike over their CBA. And the, that game gets canceled. So Panama has to fly all the way from Panama, all the way up to Vancouver to not play a game because Canada's players decided to strike. Um, I feel like Canada is the star of 2022. In Conc- yeah, JF.
2: I mean, the CS, I mean, I know this wasn't on the rundown, but like, you know, other Canadian cock-ups of the year, um, the fact that they were the only team that did not have new jerseys for the World Cup. Um, and I, that was in large part... Because they didn't think they would make they, it. Because so they, they didn't, didn't think they were going to make it. Nike approached them and said, like, you guys think about new jerseys for the World Cup? Like, now nah, we're going to need them. <laughs> Isn't that just like the most Canadian mindset of all time? Like, yeah, we're not going to make it.
1: Yeah. Can I amend my, my Ronnie Brunswick award and just give it to Canada? <laughs> 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 Trudeau, come get it. Come, come pick up the award
0: um but speaking of jerseys we had some rebrand some new kits um i think the biggest news out of the confederation in 2022 is that jamaica signed a deal with adidas that was starting in 2023 um massive move adidas had previously only been working with uh mexico, mexico. and they Adidas did some fire. Like we we aren't ones to compliment Mexico here on this podcast. Um Mexico's World Cup kits were fantastic. Obviously enough, use the best one. one.
2: Yeah. The new, they yeah. didn't even and use they, the best one. Their new the new Mexico crest is is pretty damn good too.
0: Yeah. So a lot of good branding for Adidas. I think it's great for the confederation that um they're recognizing the vibes that CONCACAF can bring. Um, so Jamaica's getting signed up, and spoiler alert, Costa Rica is rumored to be as well. Um, so a lot of three stripes coming to CONCACAF. Yeah. The other big kit thing was the blowback over the U.S. kits for the World Cup. I mean, they were kind of shitty.
2: Um, talking to two faces of the uh of World Soccer Shop's campaign,
0: yes, yes. I mean, I bought them. Uh, that doesn't mean i have to like them i got paid to model them
2: yeah mm. we can get paid we got you know i mean we got we got gifts
0: we got gifts we got compensated I mean, that's payment with, uh, yeah. it's
2: on my linkedin profile
0: <laughs> really that's your picture
2: <laughs> no i'm talking about like prof- like i my other job is professional model oh yes <laughs> <Modeling>. I <laughs> mean, model i mean if you get model
0: if you get paid to do it by definition you're a professional.
1: I lost my NCAA eligibility. Uh, (laughs) That is that is true. Uh, Also, speaking of um, uh, jerseys, uh, shout out to friend of the pod, Stimulus Athletic, because they have uh, they got St. Lucia's uh, Mm -hmm. contract. So they are sponsoring St. Lucia. And word on the street is that they have, I believe, two more countries that we will see in 2023, including one that we might be heading to quite soon. Oh, oh. Dropping nuggets, of uh, inf- inside
0: info uh, mm-hmm. on the podcast. Uh, this is a year in review. Let's kind of keep it on 2022 here.
2: Yeah, uh,
0: um, so a lot of a lot of exciting kit news. Before we talk about, well, we don't want to spend too much time here uh, rehashing 2022, but we got to talk about the things that were important to us. We'll get to our pot on the road reviews shortly, but we had a massive Jack Warner update. In 2022 um uh, as you know jack warner embattled uh former i don't know he he did a lot of things in CONCAF, former Concacaf president <laughs> um all around asshole um he had been fighting his extradition to the united states to face you know face the music for what he did um all scandals and under his stewardship and he lost his appeal uh jack warner had a appeal with london's privy council uh it's the highest court of appeal for many of the countries in the commonwealth and they unanimous unanimously dismissed his appeal um so right now he, he at some point he's getting extradited to the united states to face charges uh, from the department of justice over the corruption regarding the world cup bidding processes um Jonathan, do you feel like Jack Warner's ever gonna actually face the music?
2: No, he's like a cockroach. He 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 always uh, manages to stay alive. Yeah, Donald, what are your thoughts?
1: Jack Warner sucks.
2: Yeah.
0: So we'll have more updates on Jack in 2023. But before we close this down and we put a bow on the year 2022, a World Cup year. 2023 is going to be World Cup year as well. You know, Women's World Cup. Excited. Australia, New Zealand. We going down south. We going down south. Um, The reason we do this podcast to talk about all this stuff is because we just love Concacaf. We love traveling Concacaf. So we did a lot of traveling this year. So let's just come. Let's just talk about our favorite memories from our trips. First off, really like the highlight. The first you know unanimous podcast pod on the road trip was to canada we all went to hamilton <laughs> for some reason we're like if you want a true if you want like a true indicator of like the psychosis that we're dealing with we went to hamilton ontario in january for a soccer game um, fun. jonathan what was your highlight of that trip
2: i mean my highlight is you know the reason i go to other countries is to um Sit in a hotel room with three other dudes drinking Gatorade, drinking Molson, and eating a pizza while walking, watching hockey night in Canada. Um, that is, I mean, that, that's why I travel. That's the culture that I <laughs> desperately crave. Um, and uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it was uh, you know, it was Canada. Um, yeah. my think- actual first trip to the great white north. Um, it was and, white
0: uh, and it was north. I don't
2: know about it wasn't that great. (laughs) It wasn't that great. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, game sucked. Uh there was the craziness. I mean, COVID was still a thing. Um, you know, that was just yeah, it was madness is the best way to put that because I mean they canceled our tickets a week before
1: uh the game and we all had to rebuy tickets. Um, but yeah,
2: no. I
1: I I've I've been to Hamilton or in or through Hamilton several, several times. So this was not the the only a episode I've had year. with Hamilton. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it was uh it was definitely an interesting game. Uh, also, that was the time where a lot of people decided, yo, the fans, you need to calm it down a little bit. Like there was there was quite a bit of chirping after that game. And and to I mean, to their credit, they won the game. Uh, but they were they were chirping as people who who you know we we ain't we ain't slouches like if we want to throw hands hands can be thrown we're very good at them we're in fact they're we're damn near the best in the international world international excellent isn't throwing. it throwing hands yes <laughs> we throw hands we throw hands in 220 countries around the world um but no it was it was fun we 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 you guys trapped out of a you know, whatever hotel next to a mall in Hamilton, we trapped out of a hotel across the street from a mall in Toronto. So um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. We had Thai food. We didn't have whatever it is you had. We had yeah, actually, pizza, some we got pizza,
0: we got pizza, pizza, because
1: that's the thing. Pizza, pizza is do dope. Out. Yeah. Pizza, pizza is yeah. dope. Yeah. Yeah. You had to do that. And it was Johnson's first time to Canada. So you had to, you had to give them the yeah. the, the basics. We, yeah. we went with the, we went yeah. With bougie.
0: Yeah. I mean, the first thing we did when we got over the border was stop it at Tim Hortons. So we made oh, sure yeah, that Timmy Ho, Jonathan, that's what we did too. Jonathan got what he
2: deserved. I mean, we had to see the frozen uh, Niagara Falls, which was actually, I I will say, as all the shit I talk about Canada, legitimately beautiful to see the fr- frozen Niagara Falls. Like that was, yeah, that was really cool.
0: The important thing to note, as a local to that area, um, originally, is that you have to remember we were in Canada. Looking at America, so that's why it's beautiful. You know, (laughs) (laughs) if you look at if you look, you're looking at Canada from the U.S. Kind of looks like shit when you're on the other side. Looking fantastic view, but you know, just a little insider tip: make sure you go check out Clifton Hill stuff like that. Uh, So Canada was in January, then in March, Mexico, the U.S. Mexican Estadio Azteca. My first trip to Azteca. No, you've been there. What yes. was like your highlight of like
1: that Mexico trip this time? Um, I think it was the fact that it was there was a lot of people that were there for the first time. Um, Mexico is a like top five city in the world. There's no yeah. question about it, in my opinion. Um, And it was great to be down there. And it, I mean, there's just so many Americans that made the trip. I think that was cool. And it was it was it quite possibly could be the last time we go down there for a world cup qualifier that, you know, is significant. So, um, so yeah, that I think that was the the key here was that a lot of people took advantage of that and had a great time.
0: Yeah. No, that was my first trip to Mexico city. I absolutely loved it. Like I definitely want to go back and have time to like explore the city more definitely a really cool place. The vibes were immaculate. Um, Azteca, it kind of sucked it wasn't like full full but they had us us fans like kind of up by ourselves in the upper deck um we weren't necessarily surrounded so we weren't threatened so like i do feel like missed out on a little bit well the u.s didn't lose so that was like very important to me um so yeah it was a good good trip and then also in that window i went to costa rica donald had business he went other side of the world for that mm-hmm. one but i went to costa rica i saw the u.s closeout qualifying and qualify for the world cup uh san jose was awesome i had some banging kfc that was really really good um san jose is a really cool city i definitely want to get back to costa rica people were super cool i was dealing with a little sickness i didn't like really get after it too hard um but the stadium down there it's it's worth checking out like that's it's a unique in CONCACAF because it's actually like it. You could tell it was new and nice at one point, but like, it's, you know, it's falling apart a little bit, um, but really cool place to see a game. Very scenic. Um, Donald, you went to El Salvador in June for Nations League, correct? Mm-hmm. How was that?
1: Great. We We rented. We were there a few days early because we had the game against Grenada that was in Austin. And then we left immediately from there. The game what the, the that was a Friday night. The other game wasn't until Tuesday night. So we went down and uh rented a house on the beach, uh which was a lot of fun. Um mean like 11 other people. Um so we enjoyed the weekend at the beach and and did all that and then we uh, eventually went into uh San Salvador for the game. Again, it was the mud pit. It was a monsoon during the day, uh but again, it, it, the El Salvador was a fun, fun trip. It was a fun trip the first time we took it. It was great to be there for multiple days. I can't tell you how many pupusas I had, um, <laughs> because that number was over a hundred, and that's when I stopped counting. Uh, <laughs> it, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a great fun trip.
0: I, I'm really jealous. I had massive FOMO for that. Um, San Salvador is really cool city. Uh, yeah, and it's Nations League, so like I was devastated to miss out on, you know, his history. Um, and then really, I, well, I guess you went to England as well. England and France for the women's games, England uh, and uh, Spain, Spain, you know, Spain, France, same, same thing. It's
1: not CONCAF, No one gives a shit, you know, <laughs> uh, anything to note out of that? Um, yeah, I mean, it was my first time in England, um, in London specifically, it was, a blast. Um, I had a blast. And uh, Spain, I've been to multiple times. You know, we'll talk about our our Spain trip briefly. Um, but that was just the latest one. Pamplona was the first time there. Uh, very interesting city. A lot of history behind it. Um, very small. So I was able to kind of walk around and do it all in a day. Uh, the women played terrible at both of those games. So it was uh, that left a sour taste. But it was, it was great to get there. And I would have done it again. Uh, I think in Pamplona, there was uh, seven of eight of us mm-hmm. uh, American fans in the stadium um we were all together so that was that's awesome fun. nice uh and then
0: finally the the main event of the year the 2022 fifa world cup in qatar i went down you went um we did a whole recap episode telling all of our stories from that it was soccer fire fest it was a magical world cup it was an experience unlike anything we'll ever see again and that's a good thing. Um what was your favorite part of that
1: trip to Qatar? Um I think my favorite part of the trip uh that's a good question. I think my favorite part of the trip besides Nando's oh. um was uh, honestly it was probably the ship. Like being being able to vibe with so many different uh fan bases on the ship was a lot of fun. There I mean we had just about everybody represented on the ship. And every time there was a game and somebody won, there was somebody celebrating um, yeah. at one of the bars. So I think that was cool. That was the most unique thing in this World Cup is that everyone was in one place.
0: Yeah. And I mean, for me, but obviously besides Nando's, um, for me, it was night before. Outside, I should say it was not losing to England. That was very important. Um But after the night before party, before U.S. England, U.S. Soccer had their fan HQ night before us. Afterwards, after we had consumed many Budweiser's in a country that allegedly couldn't drink in. um, After consuming many Budweiser's, just sitting outside at a Papa John's store with fans from England, Argentina, Mexico, just sitting around chatting, talking shit to each other um that was the world cup and it's just like dumb shit like that that's that's why you want to travel
1: honorable um, mention conca cafe
0: oh yes conca cafe how how could i forget like shout out conca for that um that concept like honestly every major conca event should have a conca cafe in that city i think it'd be great for the brand for the region and great for the people of whatever city that is to realize like, Oh shit, cock a calf. This is awesome. Um, and if you go back and listen to our episode, you'll hear all about, uh, me and Donald setting a world record in Madrid. Never been done before. Never. Four games.
1: Can, can never be beaten.
0: One day, four games, four bars. Can't never be topped um yeah that about wraps it up any final thoughts on the year 2022 in Concacaf?
1: it was a wild if anything
2: if anything about like i mean we know that 2023 is shouldn't be just as wild if not more based on the number of things happening this year um but yeah no uh looking forward to uh to doing it all over and uh you can go ahead and book the first uh three person pod on the road of the year will be uh will be Grenada.
0: Oh yeah, we're gonna be recording live from Grenada. I'm calling it. I'm saying it now. We're doing it. We did our live pod from the Cock Cafe, 2023, live from Grenada.
1: It's happening. I got the, I got uh, the video just, equipment now. Yeah, there we go. And shout out to everybody who has followed us over the last year. Um. That just all the fans, all the all the patrons that we've gained over the last year. I know we've launched our Patreon uh, this year, so that was uh, that was pretty cool. We launched our merch uh, store. Um, shout out to Eric for putting that together. Um, and so yeah, I I just I, it was a great year for soccer, and there was a lot of soccer to go around, and we're just just really really honored that you guys stuck with us through all of it.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, twenty twenty two was a hell of a year. Um, I mean, world cup qualifying, there's nothing like it. Nations league. There's nothing like it. The world cup. There's nothing like it. This podcast, there's nothing like it. So, um, really appreciate all the support you guys have given us. Make sure you're checking out, uh, our merch store and, you know, grabbing your world of CONCACAF stuff. Um, but yeah exciting stuff ahead in 2023 we're gonna do some laser focuses coming up and we've been talking about doing the saint vincent episode for years it seems like we're gonna we're gonna do it we're gonna talk about saint vincent because it needs to happen um but yeah we'll kind of wrap this up here since it's is the year end do you just want to shout out thank you donald thank you jonathan for going on this journey with me um i want to also thank Jonathan's brother, Jeffrey, for our theme music. We have the best theme music in all of soccer podcasting. Um, thank you to Leah Voigt for our beautiful artwork, um, which you can now buy on shirts and other merchandise apparel items. Um, make sure you grab your um, bucket hat for these upcoming Nations League games um, and keep supporting the podcast. So
2: And thank, for- you, Aww. thank you, Eric. Thank you,
0: Eric. Yeah, no, I. Uh, this is a passion project. And I still have passion for CONCACAF. So we're gonna we're gonna forge ahead and keep covering this beautiful confederation because in honor of Grant, we got to make sure that we're carrying on the tradition of you know embracing what we are as a region. So thanks for listening. We'll see you in twenty three.